so so yeah, uh, this is another episode of the Onicast. Um, today we are joining you from the Oniswa studios or yeah. the quote unquote offices, as we often call them. Um, I'm here with. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves um, to to the, to the cast? Yeah, well, I'm um, Alex, student of uh, Sydney Uni. What do you, what do you study, Alex? Uh, social work. Social work. Yep. And hello, cast. My name's um, Alexa. I um, I did study international um, and global studies, and now I don't do much at all. So, yeah. Are you trying to have a deep off with your voice? Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> this is what this is what this is what the brochurists. This is what us brochurists do, right? We, we just meet up and discuss how low our voices can go. Yeah. We're gonna um, get so deep, you won't be able to hear us sing. We'll just be. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Lower, lower. Yeah, totally. It'll be it'll be um like it'll be like sub bass like where if like old people can't even hear it. Um, <laughs> that's that's how we need to master political communication yeah. in the in the twenty first century, right? So old people can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, well, they have like they have like Brexit and stuff, where it's just like this like kind of only over sixty five ways of political communication. We need like a new kind of like millennial way of communicating. Of course. But yeah, as as you bec- as you lose millennial status, you lose the ability to communicate in the sub base language, yeah. and then and then and then you, you're you're out of the club. So that's <laughs> that's where that's where it was coming from. Um, so on to my first question: How are you guys? How are you guys doing today? Yeah, good. Um, Thanks for having us. Excited yeah. to be on the podcast. A little bit sleepy. Nice Eleven a.m. is a bit of a a bit of an ask for me, but um, yeah, but I made it. You know. Yeah. Right. So, I was up bright and early. I was excited. I was like, "Oh, so, I gotta so get ready for this podcast." So, Alex, so you came from Carlingford. Yeah, from Carlingford. Um, born and raised. No, well, born in born in Serbia. Oh, in the right. Country, but huh. um, came came to Carlingford to Australia um, when I was four. Right. You, yeah. So your your family like migrated. Yeah. So yeah. so your parents um ESL or, um yeah yeah we're all we're all ESL I guess. Oh yeah. right, cool. Um, and what about you, Alex? Yeah, I was born here. Oh right, and so and so, like, where'd you where'd you come from today? Uh, from Sydney. Oh right. So did you guys go to high school together? Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's we how did. we met. Yeah. Oh right. A long cool. time ago now. Eight years ago. Eight years. I don't ago. want to think about that. Yeah, God. So you guys are second years. Um, I'm second year, but I've been at uni for like seven years. Is that now. a bit of a uni buffet? <laughs> yeah, no, I've been to every main university. Really? In Sydney. You see UTS, UNSW? I've been to UTS. You can sound like some mad activist. Like, well, oh, wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but I've been to UWS. That's a massive That's a massive diss to the UTS people listening. You are not a main university, <laughs> no. and you're never going to be, okay, <laughs> no, 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 You better pick it up. The big better pick four. up the act, yeah. <laughs> They're not in it. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, U, UWS, Macquarie Uni, right. Sydney Uni, ACU. Um, I went to a campus of UNSW, not the actual UNSW. And I've been to TAFE. Right. Yeah. Um. So, wh- so why so many unis? Just trying, just trying, just out, trying different things. Test? That's it. I have to. I'm actually. I've got a book at home. Yeah. Where right. I, where I rank them all. Oh, good. So I've got, I've got to go to all of them. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. We've been focusing a lot here on Oni at Oni, like about like because these university rankings are really like important. They do all the kinds of weird shit to like improve their rankings. But like, what they really need to do is improve themselves in the um, Alex rankings. They do. And so where do they where, where do they rank? Like, what's your oh. what's your, what's been your favorite? Should you so reveal far? it pre-publication? Is that? <laughs> oh, I'll give a hint. I think I think Macquarie's probably probably up there. Up well, there, okay. really? Up there with maybe 
Maybe Sydney. I don't know. Is I think it's close to your house. It's close <laughs> to my house. It's very close to my house. But if you guys want to improve yourselves on the Alex rankings, like <laughs> do make sure to get close to your house. We need to get used to it on yeah, the no, I, did, I, didn't, the I didn't calculate that biased in my judging. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> An hour and a half on public transport. I'm a bit grumpy when I get to uni. Yeah. That might be it. Right, right. Yeah, fair. Um, cool. So, um, so yeah, like, w- w- tell, me, tell, us, tell us about your, the high school you guys went to. Like, what was that like? Um, Carlingford High School was a was a beautiful place. Yeah, um, it was really nice. That was it was pretty good. Nice, nice neighborhood. Pretty relaxed. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't really think there's much to comment on. It wasn't like a really. Was it a comprehensive school or a selective school? Comprehensive, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Just kind of um, normal public school. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that leads me to my next question. Like, how'd you guys get into this stuff broadly? Because you made this film, The Haircut. It's about um, you guys going over to North Korea, um, getting a haircut to kind of disprove th- these outrageous, like sensationalized myths about um, North Korea, which are perpetuated in Western media. Yeah. So, so the film kind of starts the journey with you guys reading the story about or about North Korea. But I can I can glean that maybe your journey with this kind of stuff started a bit earlier. So, so when did that start? Like, tell me a bit yeah. about that. Um, I don't know how, how far we want to probe biographically, but I'm, I'm ready to... <laughs> no, let's go back. No, let's go back. This is why I'm interested. The bombing like, of Yugoslavia. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just remember since I was quite little, mm. um, remember there was like a quite a stark, I don't know, realisation. Um, I guess around the time, um, there was like the NATO bombings. Um, in Yugoslavia, right. I was just quite confused because living in a in a member country, um, mm. hearing a certain side of the news, then also hearing from my grandma over there being like, "Oh no, the bombs! This sucks!" Um, and, and so you get really confused as a kid. You're just like, "Oh, I don't understand." Like here, I hear mm. that these guys are the bad guys, but then I'm sure I'm sure my grandma didn't do anything wrong. Like this person didn't do anything wrong. Um, so even since then, I don't know. You get this kind of I guess double take, which I assume a lot of people mm. do, obviously. But um, I think that that's the that's the the root the root of it, I guess. Right. And and what about you? Alex? I'm not really sure with me. For me it's a bit weird because I think my views now are quite left wing, but um mm. my my parents and their grandparents are actually quite the opposite cuz they they fled Russia right because of the communist revolution. Mm. I mean they weren't communists. They had a lot of money and then they went to China. <laughs> yeah. And they had a lot of money and then they got kicked out of China and they came yeah. here. Um yeah. so yeah, my grandma's really anti-communist and um but I don't know, just this kind of I guess because they're migrants, you gotta. They kind of taught me to be critical of things and, right, and right. stuff like that. So, so were your were your parents, Alex? Like, were they kind of pro or anti regime um, over, over oh, there? Like, it's, if, if if you mind me asking, yeah, like, it's a weird distinction. I guess. Yeah. Um, how yeah, how what, were they? Fe- what were their feelings about? I it? think um, when they left, a bit more gray. I think they were just. I don't know so much anti regime, just anti climate over there. They right. Like under under these hardcore sanctions, um, not a lot of opportunities. They had to, mm. I guess, get out of there. Um, I guess a kind of funny thing that happens. Um, the longer I think anyone is in Australia, maybe the more I wouldn't say radical, but there's this weird kind of thing with mm. with the diaspora. I assume it's for lots of diasporas, not just Serbians. But um, you get this kind of identity crisis um, when mm. you come to Australia. You're kind of like, oh, am I Serbian enough? Am I this? Mm. And you end up picking up these more not so, so much radical but more um more traditional views about things and um, when you're here so i mean like um 
Yeah, I mean, my parents, when they were there, they were very much against it. And um, the longer they've been here, they kind of pick up these mm. these um, viewpoints, I guess, that I guess they might not have held earlier. It's just yeah. an interesting change. But I think it's the same with Russian migrants. When they yeah. come here, they kind of cling to their Russian identity and it becomes stronger. They form communities. And, yeah. I think the, the one, of the, one of the grossest things is when there's so much pressure to renounce a certain act or like, you know, mm. like especially with Islam. I mean, like mm. there's always pressure to be like the, someone from these like communities should renounce this. And it's just like, why is the honest on them? Like why, why, mm. yeah. like, why are they related to that, to that yeah. issue? Like it's, it's just, it's very, it's, it's so strange. Like yeah. the people that I don't know, American ribs and rum should, should denounce the drone attacks. Like yeah. it's, it's yeah, so yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's the only American thing I can think of. I don't know why. So what's, what's more American? I don't that's know. That's the most Aussie thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when I go over to the American embassy at Ribs and Rums, all those bloody Yanks <laughs> serving me at Porterhouse can get fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that. And that's, we do the same thing with, um, people in socialist regimes that are opposed to the regime as well. Mm. We kind of just assume these are all people that want full liberal capitalism. And we see that when people are covering like Venezuela and stuff that's happening over there is like, um, people just think that they they want like, you know, McDonald's on every corner and stuff like that, where they are all still broadly in favor of a socialist regime. It's just, you know, maybe not this one, maybe, maybe like a different reform version of this one, but yeah, we do kind of put people in, into binaries. Yeah, it's yeah, either definitely. extreme left or extreme right. The same thing with what we were talking about um, before with Lennon Lover yeah. 69. Yeah. Um, his, big, his big granddad, who is um, an American uh, left-wing guy who then you know went over to go fight for um, fight in Syria. Yeah, but that, I remember, um, this is quite funny, you've got um, a lot mm-hmm. of, um, I guess, like Western discourse on what are they called? YPJ, YPG, I think. Uh, YPG, I believe. Um, about how they're kind of these like liberal, progressive, almost like feminist um, mm. fighters. Um, but it kind of disregards their, their actual ideology, which is quite quite different, quite nuanced. And it's quite quite funny how we've we've got these these high hopes for any kind of um mm. any kind of movement we, we can pinpoint overseas and we kind it's of just, just put our own the, picture on the top Kurdish of women. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean John McCain, um, you know, bless his heart. Uh, like was practically um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> was practically like you know um, standing for uh, to use hip hop terminology he was practically standing for um, you know the Syrian rebels who are so closely allied with Al Qaeda mm. um, but he was like these are great guys you know these are these are liberals these are our friends like they, they if there's one person which they are not friends with, it would be John McCain. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what like Western imperialism does. Yeah, is it is it looks for, um, you know, it looks for allies in like any yeah. way way you can possibly. Well, I mean, I feel like it's them. it's generally successful in absorbing any a lot of like subversive, yeah. um, subversive movements. So um, mm. just keeps keeps playing that. Are you same trying game? to plug out plug oh, yeah. our video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, tell us tell us why you guys decided to 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 make this video. Um, well, I think one of the main things was that I guess North Korea is in this like kind of mm. unique position that you can say whatever you want about it, like mm. absolutely ridiculous things. Like there were some stupid stories, like everywhere you look, there's dead people on the street. There's mm. unicorns in North Korea. Yeah, um, the biggest one that went viral 
which we um, based the, the doc on, was the haircut mm. law, where there's only 13 or so haircuts. A lot of them were just one haircut. Everyone had to get Kim Jong-un's haircut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so we just thought we would kind of have this gimmick of, of going to North Korea, and so we could address some of these issues and with a good way to talk about them. Do you guys know where this like haircut story originated from? Yeah, so we had... Um in our doco, we go through it. We have um, as it, the original article that it came from was from Radio Free Asia, which mm. is a, I guess, a media company based in Washington DC. Yeah, it's just quite a quite a funny article. Um, often these things come just from like a random blogger or different places, um, mm. and it'll get picked up. And so they posted, they they started writing this thing. Um, well, I think it started off as like students. So like students in North Korea have mm. to get Kim Jong Un's haircut. But it it did kind of start from you know when you're at the hairdressers and you yeah. go and there's these are the recommended haircuts it was kind of someone took a picture of that of these are these are the styles that are trending and someone took that photo posted it online mm. like, these are the only styles. and then it was yeah, yeah. so the, so these haircuts were, were just recommended haircuts or yeah that's what it is it's kind of like these are some styles yeah. it's the same photos you could take in any hairdresser yeah. there's, there's always going to be yeah, yeah. a selection of, of potential styles right right and that, and that just got like swept out of control basically yeah. mm. um, right so um, and then you guys, you know, obviously went over, um, how did you get in? Well, you got in on a, on a, like a tourist visa, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that's a, is that a recent thing for them? Cause I remember when, um, I watched a few of the Vice documentaries about North Korea and they said that you could only get in via like, um, a diplomatic visa, which is how they got in. They, they Vice, lie. Vice is really sneaky. They, yeah. Um, right. I was going to ask you about that as they, well. I mean, like, it's fair enough. That's how they get their money, right? They have yeah. to be quite sensationalist and like, mm. we're the ones doing this exclusive access um, thing. But I don't know. They've been they've been running tours for quite a long time. It's um, um, a lot easier than we expected. Um, while doing some research, we found out that Vice mm. actually kind of ruined because they went in yeah. on a tourist visa and they filmed. And yeah. before Vice did this, you were kind of more openly allowed to film. Yeah. And then after Vice went in and filmed and posted online and it got... 20 something million views showing yeah. this is how shit North Korea is they kind of changed the rules as to what you can do yeah. right but it's right. funny in some of the stuff in his videos is the same stuff you'd encounter as a mm. tourist there mm. of the let's say he's got one scene with like the the wait staff coming out into this big banquet hall and laying down food yeah and um, it's so funny how he filmed it because he filmed it like to exclude a large portion of the room and filmed them putting down plates and then cleaning up afterwards and he's like they put down plates and pick them up and no one mm. eats and like <laughs> all these bizarre I don't know like I guess just gimmicks. It's, it's just it's very sad that that, that any yeah. of that is necessary. But I guess if you've if you've gone to the effort to go to North Korea and film this thing, you need it to pay off, right? You need. What was your What was your take on like? Because that was actually I saw it ages ago and I didn't rewatch it for this inter- for this podcast. But that was the one of the scenes that really like stuck out in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to ask you guys about it. Like, well, I, I kind of have mixed opinions because like so 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 to to clarify for some context. Basically, Shane Smith, who is now this huge multi-millionaire <laughs> um, global media owner, um, uh, who goes on Joe Rogan's podcast all the time, and yes, yeah, is is quite a personality. He owns Vice, and he went over. This was before Vice really became a big thing. Before it was owned twenty five percent by um, Fox, um, he went over with a small camera crew um, to film inside North Korea, and. In the hotel he stayed at, which was the same hotel you guys stayed yeah, at, right? Rio, no, y- Yangok Do. Yeah, yeah. So at this hotel, um, he's he's going down for breakfast, and they he sits down for breakfast, and they serve him breakfast, and 
the breakfast at all the other tables so there's no one else at the other tables it's just him he's the only one there like this is this recurring theme and at the other tables they serve like fake food is it or something like that it's like it's like it's like toy food or something like that well he he ate it was something it was like gruel it was like mushy food i don't yeah but i think that they're serving like fake food and part of his theory of why they were doing this was because they want to make it look like north korea has heaps of food even though there's no food so what what was your guys take Um, about this i think it feels like a just a a common symptom of I guess Westerners generally traveling there. Yeah. I remember it, it reminds us of this one experience we had when we were... Oh, the whole experience. The whole experience, yeah. essentially. It, it happened a lot of times. But let's say like the first thing, as soon as we got in on the train, we're there with all our with all our tourist friends and um, you, you're passing through like, I don't know how many, like 400 kilometers, oh, 500 like 600, kilometers. 600, 800 kilometers of course. Um, yeah, between mm. the border of China and, and, and then to the city of Pyongyang, you've got these cornfields everywhere. There's like heaps of corn, just ridiculous yeah. amounts of corn. And, um, and you got the tourists <laughs> going like, oh... It's fake corn. Like, surely it's fake corn. They put up, like, plastic corn along the train line. So, you know, so we'd believe... Yeah, yeah. I was like... You, you know how easy it is to... Yeah. How much easier yeah. it is to grow corn? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know how much corn to you'd have to feed the worker corn. making plastic corn? Like, yeah. it's... Oh, it's crazy. And, like, it's, it's just quite... It quite happen sad a lot, it's, like... It's obviously... I mean, it doesn't have to be a nice place. No. But it's just, it's just quite, quite sad with all the, all the coverage we get of it that we can't even... And it also... The tourists have such a kind of, like... They place themselves in such a high position oh, that like, they, they did this for me. That, like, like they want to trick me. North <laughs> Korea revolves around me. Like yeah, obviously yeah. they do. They do care. They do want to show us the nicest parts yeah. of the country because there is this bias about North Korea that it's a horrible place. So when you go there, they do, and uh, like all the places we went was obviously the best the nicest, places in yeah. North Korea. Like they took us to the best restaurants and the newest water parks. Um, right. I think one of those things, which is, I guess, similar to to what Vice does, is um, I guess all the all the people on this tour essentially I think the main draw card of North Korea is that it's like adventure tourism like you're going to a dangerous place you're doing oh, something yeah. really weird that's why we kind of went as well and like, so like yeah. when you get there you kind of are on the back foot and you have to prove to yourself how weird it is or you lose this ground you lose this I'm not an adventurer anymore because yeah. because I'm not going to this like crazy place yeah right that's funny like um, like just like the vice people have to kind of um, make their money back like the people who are going there for adventure things yeah. like you know, they need to have the story that it's wild and they have yeah. all this fake stuff. I mean, it's definitely weird. Like, it's, it's, it's a very, it's, very different country. Yeah. But, like, it's just, yeah, sad. There's a lot of a lot of just strange exaggerations and just, yeah, mm. unfortunate assumptions. And I feel like now, like, I'm sure, obviously, because North Korea does show us the best bits, I feel like this Vice documentary um, and other things like this um, have made it worse for North Korea where they have to kind of be like, no, look, like... We do have these great things now, and kind of exaggerated it more, like, and it makes like, it even even more yeah. mediated, unbelievable. Right. Kind of. What would you guys say about the huge reports of starvation going on in um, in the kingdom on, on a more serious? Yeah, thing? I mean, it's yeah, it's super rough. They had they had the the big kind of what what they call arduous <laughs> arduous march in the nineties. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of starvation, very very horrendous conditions, but um, it seemed to have been improving since then, um, mm. quite markedly. Um, I think it's one of those one of those things that still still hangs around them, but um, it's tricky. I mean, mm. it's it's one of those things that like, I I don't know. Maybe it's a cop out. I tend to attribute a lot of it to their um, I guess their position internationally. It's it's very right. hard to to um to make things work if you're if you're a pariah if you're not allowed to to mm-hmm. trade with anyone. Yeah. So then that comes into should they have nuclear weapons or not? Which is a, I guess of course right yeah. right. And and there's no really denying that. 
it's not a poor country because it, mm. it's obviously a poor. It's place, obviously a poor country. Like people don't have internet and stuff like yeah. that. But it's it's strange to just criticize a country for being poor when there's so many other things well, I think surrounding the, the main to reason to criticize it is the the nuclear thing. the nuclear saying how can like they be spending have, money on yeah. nuclear weapons if you're gonna yeah right um just one sec guys yeah sure um just we have to pause for uh, uh the friends to come in all good um yeah holler in um how's the how's the assignment going Alright, catch you later. See ya. Um, yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, I think, well, not just, the, not just the nuclear thing, but like them spending on, yeah, like these huge kind of like public displays. Mm. Um, yeah, in spite of all, all of these issues, like for like the people being so bad. And to me, that kind of like just kind of indicates, um, yeah, certain like lack of care from the leadership much more in, in, the, in the global image than in like the public welfare of people. But then again, like, you know, that does happen in a lot of countries as well. But I'd like, I'd like to point out like, yeah, those, those kinds of differences. Um, what, do you, what, do you guys, what do you guys reckon? Well, I think with the, the differences, one of the reasons we kind of, we got a lot of flack for doing, um, was it the moral equivalencies? Oh, where yeah. we're kind of um, yeah. talking about like, these things saying, oh, look, it happens in other countries as well. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't really get picked up on in other countries, which is one of the things yeah. we kind of wanted to talk about. I that think with, it's, it's like a slippery slope when we, when we do the moral equivalency. But um, a lot of the time, I think what we're trying to do, I don't know how well we, we communicated it, but um, by showing... Oh, now what was it? I guess a lot of the time we, we, we kind of balance the crimes of North Korea by showing these kind of like um, just generally larger crimes that the, mm. the West has committed. And it's not like the West does it so it's okay for North Korea. That's that's kind of not the argument. It's more that mm. um, these crimes of the West contribute to the system in North Korea. Like, um, they create the kind of alienated, neurotic state in North Korea because they're absolutely terrified by by um, what's, I guess, encroaching on them. Mm. So, um, yeah, I guess a bit of a weird argument. I mean, it, it is a hard argument because it's obviously... They probably could spend their money in better ways and, and different things, but, but it, I mean, it, like if they if they weren't spending their money on on weapons, it would be the same deal as Iraq, Libya, yeah, any other, and they would any be invaded place. by America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like the West, it seems to be all, all they do is criticize the nuclear weapons thing, and and you know the militarism when it's very clear that if that wasn't the case, that you no, know, it would be just one of these regime handovers like in you know Libya, Iraq, whatever. Mm. So it definitely seems strange that, you know, this whole international foreign policy is based on this like kind of ramping up of, of arms. And I'm sure that, you know, if things do get sufficiently bad enough that they'll just have a evacuation evacuation of Seoul and um, they'll just let the North like kind of send all the artillery over and then they'll just, you know, do whatever anyway. Um, that like that's do you, what do you guys think? What do you think is going to happen on that end? I think it's just one of the one of the weird things about um, nuclear weapons in general. Any of those kinds of high stakes conflicts, it's it's kind of like you've got to um, sh- like prove or like or demonstrate that you're willing and capable of doing these horrendous things, but yeah. you can never actually do them. Yeah, like because if you if you do actually launch a nuke like that's that's the end for you and a lot of other people america proved it so well i mean that was was when they were the only ones in the game yeah yeah um but 
Yeah, so it's super weird. I mean, I, I, that's at least maybe I'm just optimistic, but that's that's like what I like to think from all the rhetoric when they're saying mm. like, oh, we'll bomb Guam, we'll do this. It's kind of like if you if you admitted that you weren't going to use nukes, then you might as well not have nukes. Yeah, so. it's, it's Theresa May recently oh, said she that. Said she would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Theresa May said she used they, they asked her. Uh, Jeremy Corbyn got, got grilled on... on him saying that he wouldn't use these nukes and everyone was just like he's, he's a monster and, like, and, then she, and then she said the point of a nuclear determinant is so your enemies think you're going to use your nukes yeah, yeah. she's like yes I would use them to kill and they've had some like random number of people yeah. it was, it was oh, a pretty horrendous soundbite oh boy yeah. but oh, yeah boy. I, what I just want to say is that with North Korea as well it's because the whole world is facing them and turned on them if something did happen like if North Korea was to launch a nuke it would literally be the suicide of the whole country yeah which makes me think they're not going to do it. It, do- it doesn't really make sense. Like, so yeah, like what if if you were the, you know, the president of the free world, <laughs> if you were in charge of, you know, Europe, the UK, South Korea, etc. Like, what, what, what would you do to like alleviate this, this huge issue? Like, I guess what would your plan be? I'm trying to do what the president of South Korea is doing at the moment. Right. Um, Trying to open dialogue, um, trying to rein in America, I guess um, that's the that's the main idea. Because now there's a there's quite a bit of conflict, I guess, between mm. these these historic allies um, mm. between America and South Korea, because America's kind of just like I don't know, ramping up ramping mm. up the warfare and the the real victims of it are the people in the Korean Peninsula. And there was a new thing, I think, sanctions that are going to be imposed by. Um, the world on North Korea, and it was banning what um, oh, medical equipment. Every, no, like, and it like a, yeah, it was a really harsh sanction. So, um, yeah, a lot of things fall under that radar. Yeah, they can't get their MRI machines from Germany anymore. Yeah, but, um, yeah. but no, and it's such an important thing because obviously North Korea or Korea, the Korean Peninsula, was divided. Mm. Um, so there are just families that are separated and have been separated for 60, 70 years. Like, I think we've gone. What would we do? Um, yeah, I think. Unify um, Korea. Huh? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like as as a leader leader of the free world. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess um, scale scale back the 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 hostilities. I think a, mm. a lot of it's in the in in America's court. I I feel like North Korea is so so minuscule and such a like China Russia. They don't see it as a threat. Like there's a there's a reason for that. Yeah, um, they're not really a threat. I think it's just, <laughs> it's just because who's who's encroaching on their borders. Mm. Um, yeah. So, what do you think it is about, um, like North Korea? But even people that are not political, people that are not like, oh, we need to bomb Syria, we need to do all this stuff. Like, even for them, North Korea kind of occupies this yeah. place in the Western imagination. Out. Like what? Do you, what is it? Do you think? Like what? What is so kind of appealing to learn about this place for most people? Because I mean, I started learning about it before I was even a political person. Yeah, yeah. same with us. I think it's because it's hilarious. I think that's how it's marketed yeah. to us. It's yeah. like this it nonsensical, is, bizarre place, imaginary. Kind it of. is literally like marketed as the strangest place in the world. Yeah. The one place that's just cut off from everything, where you can go and practically be on another planet. And that's, um, I think that's that's why it was so exciting for us making this film because you kind of use it because it's got this reputation of being the strangest place in the world it's a really nice shoehorn to point at weird stuff that we do mm. i think that that was our that was our main interest to kind of expose these these kind of very unsettling things that um that we as like in the western world do generally and that's mm. like 
since that's already there, it's like this idea of the mo- the weirdest place in the world. So there is there a scapegoat for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's kind of like there's something about the the whole communist brand that they've maintained mm, very yeah, well. Definitely that 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 is um, particularly interesting. Like, uh, and have you heard about the like North Korean jeans thing? No. How no. apparently they're selling jeans like they've started like kind of production of jeans from North Korea's like kind of high like luxury items nice. because you get to say like you because like it's like even a higher <laughs> brand than like Levi's or whatever really because, like, you know Levi's kind of has that like you know authentic workwear brand to it well like what's more authentic than you know North Korean communism workwear so, from the workers state yeah, yeah, you know, wow. yeah the people's the people's republic that's hilarious um, yeah no they definitely do is this profit this, from this image? Is this a um, promo? Are we? Yeah. <laughs> are, we money? are you wearing those jeans right now? Yeah. Is that? What do you guys think about the um, the dictator movie? Um, oh, Sasha Baron Cohen. No, no, oh, the, no, the, oh, no the, not the dictator. The, the haircut. The, the, the haircut. The, the interview. The, no, the interview. Where yeah. we did that. The interview. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what did you guys think about your own movie? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, Thanks, Aiden. Yeah, it's weird. I, I didn't like it too much um like that's the thing actually i think i found it kind of funny because um i was watching a pirated version not pirated in the sense that it was on youtube so in order for them to um to put it on youtube without getting it taken down they had to put it up on like double speed and that was the perfect way to watch it because there's no time to milk the jokes there's no time to be like ah oh, see what we did there it was just like yeah, going through. yeah. so like it, it maintained relatively funny i feel like if i watched it at proper speed i would I would mm. get bored and turn it off very quickly. Yeah. It's hard for me to watch anything that's about North Korea that's political um, and meant to be a comedy because I just see it as propaganda. Yeah. Um, where I'm like, I, I get it, like it's funny, but there is a message behind it. They are trying yeah. to trying to say something about the country um, and people kind of absorb it without really thinking about it. So, yeah, like, is there anything else? Like, what surprised you the most about being over there? Um, I think, like, the, the one thing that I couldn't, like, kind of rationalize, maybe, maybe I'm just biased. I was trying to go in there being like, how could this be normal? Um, but like one of the things that was quite weird, I guess, is just the relationship with the leader. Something I've I've never experienced before in my life. Like mm. people, obsessed, just, they love it. He's like, just a living god. Like yeah. so we went to this, we went to the mausoleum of Kim Il Sung and Kim Jong yeah. Il, yeah. um, and it was probably the most bizarre experience I've ever had in my life. Because like right. the bus pulls up, like maybe a kilometer 500 meters from the actual building you can see right and you go underground into these um like travelators to the like travelators and they told us before you have to wear your best clothes and so when we get to the bottom they put us in like four by four formation Mm. so 16 people blocks and we get on these travelators that like Makes practically the perfect size for us, and they go they go slower than walking pace. Yeah, um, and so we go slow that we can see off in the distance where we're meant to be, well, and we're going like forty five minutes just standing on Travelator like national anthem on repeat. Everyone's going past still- portraits, and then yeah, lots of things like and like a but, soldier standing there, but no one spoke the whole time because we're like it was such a surreal environment. Everyone was just, just scared, like we're just like, kind of standing straight, like it's just, the one place you don't make a mistake, right? And. And um, they take you through like multiple times, like the travelators would, would end and you get into a room that like blows all the dirt off you. Then you continue on the travelators, go into a room that like cleans the bottom There's of your feet. There's these rollers and you stand on these grills and they clean your feet and what? But there the was blower. multiple times, there were multiple blower rooms. Like the blower I was, was never a, blown enough the there. Like. Blower, it was two blow, blower rooms. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of all this, you get into this room, dimly like thematic lighting. Um, and in the middle is like his preserved corpse, yeah. corpse of... Um, 
I don't know. We, we saw both of, them, both of them, but we arrived and there was like a soldier in each corner and the soldiers were like visibly distraught. Like they, they were crying right. um, and they were just standing there and we had to go up and we bowed four times yeah. at each corner. But the whole thing was like the worst job in the world having to stand guard over like your dead mum or like something. I don't know, <laughs> just something crying. Um, and then as we were walking out of the room, there were some North Koreans that went in and they just burst into tears like wailing and it's like I felt pretty good I had um, a cold that day um, so I was like sniveling the whole time I think I really really fit the role of, of <laughs> yeah. bereaved and it, and it is bizarre because the whole time like I'm thinking like are they actually upset like uh, I yeah, think they but generally were but it was just such an extreme reaction that it was like mm. I've never seen anything like yeah. it so yeah like that was kind of when Kim, Kim Jong-il passed away it was kind of um, there was this uh, conversation as to whether Kim Jong-un would be able to step up to the plate and well also whether you know North Koreans would have that same kind of image that they had about Kim Kim Jong-un like this guy who wrote all these books and these did, did all these movies and like mm. had this huge image and um, you know it was people were confused as to whether this you know 20 was he 20 something at the time like kid who loved playing playstation and yeah. nba like Bust whether he'd be yeah. able to like fill that same role like did you when you guys were over there did you get the image like that that was that was definitely happening um i feel like he is somehow consolidated yeah. himself people people seem to be pretty pretty keen on him i guess hard to tell oh, it's so hard for us to tell because yeah. we only had interactions with really the people that were very educated like our mm. guides that spoke english and right. but, and um, even if they didn't like him it's not like they would tell us in yeah, the first place like. mm. but um i don't know like it's hard hard to um hard to judge any of the reports coming out of there or like anyone says but they apparently i don't know things have things have gotten nicer economically under mm. under kim jong-un i think um there's been a a flourishing of like a parallel private economy. Yeah, I mean, I get like at the end of the day, this this stuff is so so hard to verify. But mm. um, and even even then, like it being going well under him is is not really the term for that because yeah. it's just I don't mm. know more people getting away with with mm. anti regime stuff. You asked us earlier what was one thing I was surprised about. Um, mm, yeah. and I just kind of remembered it was one thing when we were actually crossing the border from China into North Korea. Yeah, I was surprised at how many North Koreans we saw going yeah. into China. And huh. back in into North Korea, and some of them like had flat screens. Some of them like, had goods and stuff like that. And I was a bit confused. To like, I was like, "This is something I wouldn't see at all." But huh. the train was filled with North Koreans yeah, coming so back many. in from China, and they, well, and they like on business. I guess I so. Know, yeah, I yeah. It's hard. I wish we spoke Korean. Here yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so you said earlier that you were only allowed into places that they they wanted you to go. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, with this head, like, is that a regular thing that they'll take people to on tourist trips? Like, no. So we we book like a private day, like, so we, you have your, your group tours, which is a classic yep. way to go there, and then you you can pay for like a private tour, right. which wasn't even that much more expensive at all. Um, no, comparing it now, like, we paid like what one hundred and fifty dollars or something for the day. Yeah, um, maybe more. No, one hundred fifty dollars Australian. Yeah, right. Um, and the yeah. two of you. Yeah, oh, it was 150 no, each. It was 150 each. Yeah. Like the the tour was expensive compared to the rest of the trip. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah, so we went there specifically. We wanted to get a haircut that day. We did a lot of other stuff. Went to a water park and right. other nice things on that day. But um, yeah, we we like we were very adamant. Like we wanted to get a haircut, and they they gave us an option of a bunch of places we could go get it. Yeah, and we decided we'd do it at the water park because. Mm. We can have fun at the water park anyway. You so. got a haircut at the water park. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah with the massage and everything. 
<laughs> okay, listen, listen, you capitalist scum. <laughs> You, you talk big about your freedoms and your liberties. When is your when is Jamboree going to have a fucking hairdresser? Yeah, that's it? what we need. I would like to go on a water slide and I would like to get a buzz cut. <laughs> and I don't want to travel between two things. It's I what like I really to want stay is, in the same place. I really want to get a haircut and then just be able to like wash off all my dirty bits of hair into like everyone else's waiting pool. We like did this. that. We went. Huh? Did we get the haircut first? Yeah, we got the haircut first, then I just ruined everyone else's. It was amazing. Yeah. With my disgusting. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, I mean, you guys should have mentioned that in the in the thing. Like, that's just a brilliant way to demonstrate. You know. Yeah. It's, it is pretty awesome. hilarious. Yeah. I think, but at the, at the same time, you never know because we didn't get to see the other parts of the country. We're yeah. just like, it could actually be just very kind of gross. The fact that you can get a haircut at a water park in one spot and you. you mm. know, allegedly can't get food in another spot so like yeah was, that's one of the biggest criticisms we got because um obviously with the documentary that we yeah. made um there was kind of this idea that going there to get the haircut proves that anybody can get a haircut it, it doesn't like because obviously they take us to the hairdresser that yeah. they could select so it was more that we're going there to, to show look like you kind of are able to yeah. but also here's a bunch of things that we've actually researched and that aren't true like the haircut yeah. law. It was more like a shoehorn, like a nice little yeah. convenient way yeah. to, to question the people, way we talk about the country. People, yeah. so many, that's the most common comment is you fuckers just went and saw one yeah. place and you yeah. think it's the best guy. I'm like, oh, that's not the How point we were making. How dare you not get a haircut in every North Korea? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> test the theory out. You scum. Um, <laughs> so, um, so Alex, how did how did your family feel about you kind of traveling back into, you know, Soviet Soviet territory? Um, um, oh, to, to it's, it's a bit strange because my yeah. mum now, yeah. she was she was born in China. My dad was born in China, um, and well, um, both your parents were born in China. No, no, no. one was in Russia. My mum was born in in Australia. I right. think. Right. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Call her up. Um, <laughs> mum, where you born? Um. But yeah, my mum has, she's quite left, and I think my dad is as well. It's more their parents as this kind of divide right, between right. The, the two generations of the old Russians and the, and the new, new migrants because they came here when they were young. Mm. Um, but no, they were obviously still worried yeah, yeah. about North Korea. And I mean, your grandma's like hardcore, like anti communist. She's not listening to this podcast. Well, she, <laughs> she doesn't read any? No, <laughs> maybe. I'm I don't very know. insulted. Yeah, no. I'll, it's I'll the, tell it's the frequency we're talking to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. it. No, but because um, obviously she doesn't like communism because she was kicked out by communists and had relatives that died. So Right. Is she still still around? Yeah. Did yeah. you tell her you were going to North Korea? Yeah, yeah. Um, she likes it. She likes it more the fact that I was just on the news. She doesn't right. she yeah, doesn't yeah, she doesn't yeah, want yeah, to discuss yeah. the political things. <laughs> she's like, Can I have a link to your documentary? And I was like, Oh yeah. She's like, Oh no, I mean the news. You on the news. And I was like, Do you want to show your friends the documentary? She's like, No, just the news. <laughs> like, there's my son on the news. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um Yeah, that like parents will always love it if you're if you're, you know, getting some scrilla, you're getting some you know, some recognition. Yeah. Um, There's my boy. <laughs> so much the the product itself. How did, how did your parents? Um. Yeah. Oh, it was weird. Um. Yeah. I think they they were a bit nervous about back on North Korea because I guess all the news you you hear about it. But um, I don't know. I was traveling quite a bit before that, and they were always a bit nervous. So I think it's one of those things that like slowly wears down. Mm. Um. But in terms of like, um, what we filmed there and um being on the news they thought it was kind of cool at the same time they were a bit 
it's one of those like ethnic parents kind of things. Mm. They were just like, why is he making this film and why isn't he doing a PhD or like continuing his studies? Or something <laughs> <like that. laughs> so um, I don't know. It was it was a mixed mixed reaction. Yeah, yeah. right. So um, what's next for you guys? Like, um, are you going to go over there and get your toenails clipped? What's, <laughs> the, what the, what's the next in, in bodily grooming? Um, um, I'm not sure because we're kind of working on stuff, making making videos, just trying to make satirical political videos and yeah and got some plans for some some big stuff coming up big stuff big stuff. you tell me about this <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah just like yeah putting films together cool having having fun we really yeah. enjoyed it the first time learned a lot yeah so hopefully we can continue oh yeah another another question i wanted to ask you guys is like have you have you been involved in any kind of like left-wing or socialist movements before in terms of like organizations or no where, no why would you yeah, sorry, what was I that? visited a couple. Like, I've gone oh, to, like, right. different meetings, but I'm generally turned off. Uh, I was trying to go to the library once, and I got pushed by the <laughs> socialist. Does that count? By the socialist yeah. alternative? I, I was part doing my part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. Well, um, anything else? Any any shout-outs you guys want to make before we before we wrap up? Oh, not really. Or oh, if you guys want to check out the documentary, it's Ooh. called The yeah, the Haircut on, um, on YouTube. Yeah, and, and your guys' Facebook page is... Uh, boy Boy. Boy Boy. Yeah. Although you probably won't find it. But yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's one of those one of those unsearchable ones. <laughs> yeah. Boy Boy. We should have thought of that. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. People ask us, like, what is Boy Boy? I'm like, like I don't know. Doesn't <laughs> I'm a boy. Yeah. <laughs> two boys. <laughs> two boys. Boy you should boy. call it, like, you should call it, like, Boy Boy XZZ, so it's, like, it's more yeah, searchable. So like, it. you, like, that's wh- yeah. the world we live in. You whenever, just... I, whenever I type in Boy Boy, for some reason I get Man That Has It All. That's a good page. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, cool. I don't mind. If they're looking for me and they find that, that's all right. That's also a good page. They probably don't mind that either. So. Yeah. All right, great. And um, uh, uh, a good friend and um, fellow editor, Jace Carano, has written a feature about these two guys and their um, trip to North Korea and kind of put it into written story form. So you'll be able to pick that up um, on Stan's this Tuesday, I believe, which is probably when you'll be when you'll be hearing this on the podcast. So, pick it up, pick up a newspaper, pick up uh, your phone, and look for Onisua on Facebook, and you can find it there. Um, my name's Aiden Molines. Checking out, and have a good week, guys. Bye. All right. I don't know the things here because I asked him before.